Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. There's no Alex Catalano this week. He's had to uh, pull a quickie out on us, uh, Alex Miller. Oh, but um, it's good to have you here with me as always, uh, Miller. It's uh, just the two of us today, you and I. The dynamic duo, Doc. Uh, we're very excited. Massive episode coming out. We, we do miss Cap, but he's sending his tips. There's some good ones to be had there, but we got some massive talking points. And just off the before we get to those, Doc, we are the Oracle at A3. We talked up the Hawks and the Giants, and they both have respective wins against the Saints and uh, Geelong on the weekend. So I tell you what. We seem to be uh, channeling a bit of good fortune to those teams, but lots of good results, lots of upsets over the weekend, but really good uh, talking points to get into. Yeah, it was a it was a massive week in football, and we are recording this on a Thursday night, so we've had a lot to digest between now and when we last recorded. And when we when we last recorded, Miller, uh, we were actually just covering the the news of Dimmer stepping down as coach of Richmond, and. You know, you have one very sad boy in the studio, in, in the in the virtual studio, and uh, we, we, you were there, you were there on on Sunday to see the uh, the new interim coach Andrew McQualter. Um, we'll get to we'll get to him and how the Tigers played shortly. But first of all, you've had a week to process it, Miller. Sort of, what's your what's your thoughts? What's your emotions? What's your what's your feelings and energy? <laughs> I tell you what, it was pretty crazy, Doc, as it happened. I mean, we we were sitting here and and talking about it, and um, I think that. It was very raw at the time, but look, um, you know, Timo made a really nice press conference when he left and spoke well about the club and what he's done. And I think that a lot of the members and fans of Richmond would be very pleased with what Dimmer achieved. And me personally, Doc, you know, I've been a pretty big fan of Dimmer for a long time. Um, I think even in my nippy years, I thought that Dimmer, when they were going to sack him, was going to be really stiff. And I'm very proud of him for getting that personal development and, and growth and getting the ultimate sort of um, reward with um I mean, three flags is is amazing. I think it's incredible now in the modern era to, to win one. But, yeah, what's next for us, Doc, is really interesting to me. I, I don't know still who is going to end up as the head coach coming in the year. I think Minnie's going to be a good in term. I already saw um, on Sunday what he's going to produce, I think, with some structure changes and some ball movement and particularly team defense. So what's next is interesting in my eyes. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, A lot of lot – of- Love discussion already about who should be the next coach. I did read Trent Cochin was uh, speaking very, very highly of Mister McWalter, uh, Mini, as we <laughs> like to call, as we've now like to call him here. Um, just on, just back on Dimmer, I, I mm. think, I think it's probably fair to say that he's probably one of the better coaches we've yeah. had this generation. I mean, you don't take a, a team throw to to three flags in four years, you know, for 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 granted. I mean, this guy was practically on the outer in 2016 and mid and even at the start of 2017 he had those really close losses and a lot of pressure was already mounting on it again but yep. the fact that he turned it around so so promptly on the back of pressure football and and I, I suppose I'd say small ball around Jack Rewalt in the forward line as well it's um I think it's probably one of the greater greater football revivals for mine and the fact that he took Richmond to a flag, first flag in 37 years is yeah. a tremendous achievement. Uh, shouldn't be sneezed at by any stretch. And even then, the 2018 season, the one season they didn't win a flag, they only lost four times in the home and away season. And probably, and I think the reason why they only lost was because they, you know, they were all a bit flat with the flu. Yep. So I think it's a tremendous, tremendous effort. And even then, 2021-22 was... Yeah, twenty two. You made the finals, which mm. was which was a, a fantastic achievement in itself. And I thought it was interesting comments from Dimmer in the press last week, Miller, about 
the whole sort of last dance, you know, um, comparison wanted to go around one more time. And I thought the way he, the way he spoke uh, in the press conference was just completely was amazing. You know, it was, um, yeah, I can't say much more about that. He was, it was, he's a fantastic coach. Uh, Yes. We've given him shit about uh, him hating Marvel the last two (laughs) years, but the results speak for themselves. Uh, Three premierships in, in four years is a fantastic achievement. Yeah, and I think testament to him as well, Doc. 307 games coached. I mean, obviously leading all-time now games coached for, for Richmond and, you know, 170 wins and 131 losses and six draws is a really respectable thing in the modern era. But, look, I, I think, as you said, Doc, I'm interested to see what happens next. I mean, there's plenty of names already being tossed up um, about, well, firstly, where Dimmer might end up and then where, you know, what is next for us. Um I'm still really split on what's going to happen. Look, I really think Mick Walter has the makings of a good head coach. They talked about, you know, when he was at the second in line almost for the Carlton job when when Voss pipped him at the post that, you know, he was really ready and, and right to go. So I think that he's definitely got the character and the experience. He's quite young though for a head coach, but he could be a good shout. And depending what happens around the league, Doc, I can't believe that Ken hasn't been re-signed. We talk about... You know, Port and, and what they're doing, they're second on the ladder, eight straight wins. But the unsurety almost that Ken doesn't have a job for next year would be worrying to him, I think. Yeah, I think Port are playing it, uh, are playing it by ear because they, they've been down that rabbit hole before where they've yeah. sort of had a, a win-loss record that looked unassailable and then they sort of blew it completely. Uh, so I don't mind that from them. I don't like the idea, as much as I like teasing you about it, Mill, I don't like the idea of... Uh, Richmond trying to buy Ken Hinckley. No, um, I don't think so. Either. And, and and poaching him, I think Richmond need to go after someone who hasn't had experience, hasn't had senior coaching experience at the top level. We've talked about guys like Scott Burns before. We talked about Adam Uze. Um, there were some names, uh, some other names as well that we did touch on. Adam Uze uh, is a good one, Doc, that, that you brought up off that chat, and oh, he's a good one for mine. Yeah, no, look, he was pretty close to getting the GWS job last year, so wouldn't surprise me if he comes, you know, close again to this Richmond job this year. Um, uh, but yeah, look if Port do, if Port do go down that uh, that rabbit hole and they end up sacking Ken Hinckley, then I don't, gee, as much as I don't want to, I don't want to see it. I, I think I think the the spots there for Ken's. Mm. Yeah, if, it's, it's if he it's wants true. it. Yeah, that's right. That's if he wants it. That's a big thing. So, look, I I agree though, Doc. I, I think that a fresh start's not a bad idea. Dean Cox is a name that me and you have talked about numerous times. You know, he I think he's more than ready um, to you know coach and. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens next. But, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to us this season. I think it's going to be one of learning and opportunity for some guys. And, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how the rest of the season pans out for sure. Yeah. Oh, you would have been happy with the uh, with the crack the Tigers gave against Port on the weekend. I mean, you were there. I would have been there too if I didn't <laughs> if I wasn't on the way back from the shit gastro. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was good seeing it live. Like, I thought that... Um, they moved the ball pretty well against the, a potent Port team. And I know it rained a little bit intermittently, Doc, but to hold Port to 77, I think is pretty impressive given how they've been playing recently. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I, I, as I said, I watched it from home. I would have watched it with you um, if I wasn't so crook. But, yeah, no, I thought I thought there was a lot more positive signs. They probably could have won this game if they wasn't for poor yeah. kicking. But then again, there was poor kicking from both sides. It was going to be the side that... That claimed that the most that, that sort of got made the most out of their opportunities and what was mm. a scrappy affair. Yep. Um, 
Let's move on. Um, so this is another big talking point. It's been a big talking point pretty much from the start of the year. Um, the Hawthorne racism investigation. Now, yep. uh, Gillen came out, I think it was Tuesday night or Wednesday night, um, said that there was no that there was no further rulings on Chris Fagan, Alistair Clarkson and Jason Burt. Um, so, uh, look, Miller, you, you were messaging me uh, last night about it. Oh. You were saying how, how much of another shit show it is. And, and, I, and, I, and I agree. I think the, the entire thing has been just handled appallingly. Um, whichever side you want to take, whether or not you're on the side of Clarko's side, Fagan's side, or whether or not you're on the side of uh, of the of those that alleged. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I just think that the way that it's been handled entirely has been just miserable. Yeah, I, I think that the there's not been enough sort of to care with something like this, Doc, given what we're trying to achieve in, in society and in footy about it all. So I think that, look, it was poorly managed. I think that the AFL and Hawthorne need to take some responsibility and whatnot. But I just think it's it's been a real sort of waste of time. You look at what it, type of effect it's had on Clarker. We spoke about it when we um, heard the news that he would be stepping away for some time. And Fagan's voiced his frustrations, Doc, since, since the get-go with this. So... Look, I think it's just been poorly handled, and I 100% agree with that comment. It doesn't matter what you actually think happened. Um, I don't think anyone's agreeing with how it's been handled, and that's the issue for mine. I still think there's going to be repercussions for somebody's going to be held accountable for this and whose head it's going to be. I'm very not sure who it's going to be at this stage. The way I see this panning out is that I think Jason Burt's going to be the scapegoat in in all this operation. I don't want it to be anybody, but I I think if you're familiar with reading – uh, books like The Boys Club by Michael Warner, which is a tremendous read. I 100% recommend yeah, it. Yeah, cool. Uh, the AFL CEO or the AFL head office, they like to try and put somebody up as the poster boy for all this operation. We saw it with James Hurd many years ago with the, mm. with the drug scandal. I'm worried that it's going to be that it'll be someone, it'll be one of those three uh, coming out of this one. And I think Clarko's sort of, the, the fact that Clarko's stepped away for so long, for for few weeks now and and there's no timeline when he's coming back no. either i fear that it might be him as well that, yeah. that they'll pin it on him and he'll have to be forced away from football for god knows how many years maybe even forever into the wilderness yeah that's true and that that's a worry i think if you you know are a fan of this game that we love so much is that you worry about what, what the repercussions are going to be for people like that and I don't know. I just think that it's in a really precarious position, Doc, where, as you said, like I don't think it's over yet. I think there's still outcomes to be made. Yes, there were no findings. Um, and, again, doesn't matter what you believe or what side you're on, I think someone's still going to end up taking a bullet for the AFL. But, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next. I think with Justin Reeves stepping aside and um, is it Andy Gowers who stepped in? As- yeah. Yeah, yeah I, Andy, Andy Gowers has stepped in. He penned a letter to the fans as well today. Uh, which He's done a reasonable do- job, I think, Doc, given I've heard him speak quite a few times on radio and on television. I think that he's doing what he can to sort of bring some stability to the situation and to the fans, of course. Yeah, oh, look, I, I think he's sort of trying to resonate with the fans about yeah. the situation. Is And, look, it can't be you know it can't be easy being a Hawthorne supporter at the moment, especially resu- results-wise, even though they've won two in a row. They're still sort of languishing in that bottom four. And then the fact that this whole ordeal has been uh, piled on on top of that, mm. it, it's uh, – look, I don't, I don't want to say – look, I'm not going to point fingers at anyone here. I think it's sort of like – 
yeah, look, I feel for – I think both parties, you got to feel for them. Uh, look, obviously there's something that's happened – from the from the from the side of the the um oh, what do you call it the 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 um the accusers mm. um and 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 the side of the um of of the alleged yeah but yeah just sort of how I think this whole thing has been handled is just terrible um I, I found it strange as well Jason Burt's statement as well that the um that the uh, that one of the pairs was not was wasn't even indigenous it yeah was, I don't understand. Sort of how that's all panning out now as well. It's just yeah, yeah. I know. Nearly, nearly broke Robbo on three sixty uh, last night. <laughs> Would be hard as long as it's the moon. He'll be interested in it. That's for sure, <laughs> Robbo. But I, I don't know, Doc. I I agree. I, I think that there's just so much still to pan out, and who's to be held responsible is something that we'll be sitting in with anticipation to see what's next. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there will still be a fair bit to play out in, in this. Uh, there's no no mistake about that. Yep. Um. Look, we're gonna we're gonna move forward on now. Uh, mid-season draft that was last night, Miller, yes. and only fifteen picks made. It's not 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 as big as a spectacle as the uh, as the national draft, but still 15, 15 players get the chance to sort of have a crack at being an AFL star. Some of them yep. get some of them getting redrafted. Um, what did you make of it, Miller? Obviously, the the big one was Ryan Marrick at number one, who was apparently tipped to go there for for a few weeks uh, now. Uh, Gippsland Power Boy. Um, Really like the look of him, but how, how did you make it? How did you make it? Yeah, well, firstly, Doc, I think the Giants did well with the past twins. Uh, picked up both <laughs> both the both the passes. They did well there. Um, never, never heard of them. Never heard of them because uh, they keep passing by. Never heard of them. Um, but yeah, look, I think Marish is a good one, Doc. Uh, he met with quite a few clubs, um, and I think he was a target for for most people. He, He's been really good, I think, this year. I you, I didn't know much about him. He gave me a bit of information. I did a bit of digging last night after I got back from a basketball and read up a bit about him and some incredible highlights so far this year. I think he's going to be a great pickup, Doc. I, I think he, he almost will play this week if, you know, um, fit and whatnot, if not next week, I think. Yeah, look, given the fact, given the state of West Coast list at the moment, Mel, I wouldn't be too shocked if he plays sooner rather than later. I think this, uh, I've penned a column in the Mungle Pun about him uh, overnight. It's up, it's up today. Uh, just sort of about what, why it was the right move? The fact that he's eighteen, he's in that age bracket. He, he'll 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 have time to work on his craft. Not that it needs to work anyway. I think his skill set is already advanced for a player his age. Dangerous size as well, Doc. One ninety four. One yeah, one ninety four centimeter type as well. So like he loves to move, loves to run, loves to push up the ground, and that yeah. was a big and that was a big emphasis on his preseason as well. The fact that he could. You know, build an aerobic capacity so he could push up the ground, get involved, and then yep. and, and then make the lead back. He, he liked making the comparison to Bailey Fritch as well, which I which which I like. If he can stay proactive around the forward line yeah. and, and stay proactive, you know, even 60, 70 meters out from goal, and then lead back, then I think that adds another capable forward option to aid the likes of Oscar Allen. Yeah, and I think all the help, as you mentioned, Doc, all the help they can get at West Coast, and he's someone who I think is going to have some. Good footballing, natural ability. I also liked. Um, I, I thought that anyone that picked did really well, Doc. I, I think that Clay Tucker at three for the Hawks is is an interesting shout. Another big boy to add sort of to the the ruck stronghold that Sam Mitchell's building down there um, at Hawthorne. But look, I really like what he's been doing. Very big boy, two hundred four centimeters um, and ninety nine kilo, and just got an, a massive amount of raw talent that you can see that's going to come through. I think. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought out Hawthorne to uh, 
to sort of pl- to sort of pluck him given the stocks that they already have. But maybe they're thinking about a key position, a key mm. position spot because he can move really, really well as well. Um, he's shown shown excellent ruck craft. Can, I think he'll be the sec- the second up ruck to Big Noodle. Yeah, that's a good shout. I like that. Um, the fact that he can he can run, he can he can carry, he can he can do a lot right uh, in that forward half of the ground. I think it's a fantastic pickup. Uh, the Freo pickup of Ethan Stanley, um, yes. Box Hill boy in the wing. I thought that was a very very good call from them, considering considering what they've got at their disposal. And I like what he brings to the table as well. One eighty eight centimeter, so he's not overly small. I think he's got a bit of height in the wing position. Um, and has got has got great speed and can can generate a lot of uh, Ford fifty uh, entries from mine. Yeah, that's a good call. I know a little bit about um, Stanley. I think he's got some really good ball use stock for somebody as well. That you know he's only going to be I think he'll be nineteen or twenty next year, so still very very young. Um, we've got some really good. You talked about his um, running ability. I think he's got some. Good speed as well that he can they can put into a team and Fremantle. That's something that they've lacked a little bit. I know they've got a nice group of smalls, but someone to add to the midfield blend, Doc. I think he might not play this year, but definitely one to watch. I think down the line. A couple, another one I wanted to talk to you about because I know Cat would want to talk about him if he was here. Jaden Hunter, <laughs> Doc. He's a he's a big boy, tall forward um, out of Perth. Doesn't don't know a whole lot about him, but I know that he's been highly regarded among. I think he was going to get drafted this coming um, draft if if he wasn't picked up in the mid season. Yeah, no, there was a lot of raps about him uh, in in the waffle. The fact that he could pluck a great overhead grab and he could he can move and he's a sharp shot for goal as well. So I think that's a very good pickup for especially for Essendon who need those sort of tall players that can because they, they they've been stretched a fair bit for tall forwards this year. I mean, Harry mm. Jones has been. Hasn't kicked on the way we'd liked. Um, Sam Wiedemann's sort of hanging around there by himself trying to pull the one-man show. And we know Big Peter Wright's on the comeback as well. So, yeah, they're in a a bit of an interesting spot. And I think he'll maybe long-term-wise can give them a little bit of extra boost in in the forward half. But I really really do like the pickup for mine Miller. I think he's a, a great forward threat in the air, a great scoreboard impact player as well. Um, Harry Arnold's a big one I like. Yes. I'm glad I'm glad Sydney didn't pick up Oscar McDonald. That bloke's been on <laughs> one uh, list too many for my liking. Um, but he he's he's been tremendous. Brisbane have been smashing it in the VFL this year, and a big part of that has been because of guys like Harry Arnold who have has just come in and just done the job so so seamlessly. I've heard the uh, I've heard the comparisons to Harris Andrews and the way he likes to yep. play the game. He likes to. Likes to peel off and likes to intercept Marked, and he's a one ninety four centimeter prospect. I think he can play. He's one that will play right away for mine. Yeah, I think so. In a depleted backline um, at the Swans, and the sad news as well, Doctor, in the week that the Paddy McCartan's going to miss the rest of the season. We wish him all the best, and obviously, his health is far more important than anything footy related, and, and totally understandable. But I think that's a good pick for Sydney. Someone that's strong overhead, I think, Doc, is, is something that they'll need because. Even though Aaron Francis and Nick Blakey did a bloody good job on the weekend against, albeit the uh, depleted Carlton team, uh, with more skills in my big toe at the moment than they've got on the whole team. So, <laughs> look, I, I think that um, 
Yeah, it's a good shout for them. I, I think as well the the two other ones, Doc, that the the two former AFL players recruited, Caleb Poulter to you guys at, at ten was a really good shout, and also Narkles to Port Adelaide at, at eleven. Both guys obviously been around the system. Uh, Narkle a little bit longer than Poulter, but you would know a bit about Poulter, Doc, this year. Obviously being in in for VFL for Footscray, he's been surprisingly very very good, and I think that he's been a, a good pickup for your guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'm stoked with the pickup. I mean, there were two players that were linked to the Dogs uh, for for their only pick, and one of them was Poulter. Marty Hall was the other one from Williamstown who'd been putting together a very, very good year in the defensive half for Williamstown. Um, look, if if I had the choice of two, I would have gone Poulter. I, I think the the man's. Uh, I think it was absolutely ludicrous that he got delist- delisted by Collingwood. I think it was last year. Yeah, he, he got delisted. Um, there was talk about him going to Adelaide potentially, but then the Dogs uh, snapped him up through the through their VFL program, um, and he's been good. He's been super good on the wing. He's just got a lot of speed. You can just tell how how quick he is in, in comparison to other players out there on the ground, and I think given that, oh, look, there is – I still think there's a bit – I think there's a bit to play out now too, wing spots. I mean, obviously, it's probably a bit more settled now as it was to round one with uh, Bailey Williams and, and Oscar Baker, but I think you can – use that now to get either Baker back at half forward or half back or have, I don't really want to see Bailey Williams on half back. I think he's, he's in career best form on a wing for mine. He needs to stay there. He's a great offensive player, terrific link up bloke. Um, And I think a guy like Caleb Poulter, who I don't think the dogs have too many of those line breaking players with their speed. I mean, we see JJ do it, but he's not going to be playing for, for two months. Um, Caleb Daniel's not overly quick. Ed Richards no. can do it from time to time, but it's all all depending on the situation as far as he goes. Um, I just I just think having a guy that's just blessed with great pace is great is great for the club. Um, Quinton Arkell, look, I've had my criticisms about him over the last couple of years, but I think it's great for Port. Uh, another guy that has a, a veteran presence. He knows he knows a good system. He's been in Geelong for countless years. Uh, can bring some of that experience and wisdom over to Port, um, and he'll probably play some games too. I, yeah. I think uh, what I want to see from Narkel uh, over the next six months is when the going gets tough. I want to see him take that step forward and try and push Port and help push Port because we've seen Port when they're challenged this year that they that they have the they have the guys to get them out of the mire hmm. for mine, and, uh, and I want to see Quentin Narkel be another one of those guys. Yeah, I think it's time for him to dig, Doc. You know, 25, this is probably might be his last chance if he if he doesn't get it all together now. So I agree. I think if Narkel's to really make something of his career, he's going to put a stamp on it now. It's possible. I mean, he's been performing very well in the VFL, so been rewarded. And same with Poulter, as you said. Both both guys have been rewarded as well. So, yeah, look, I think that um, those two guys have been really good. Yeah. Um, what do you make of your Richmond selections, Miller? Obviously, uh, Matt Coulthard, the uh, Pat D- Pete Davidson lookalike uh, competition uh, winner there. Um, Glenelg boy, uh, very small forward. Uh, very, big shock. Big shock as well for a lot of people. Not a lot of people expected him to go there. And, of course, uh, James Trezise uh, with their second pick at pick 13. Uh, Richmond VFL product as well. But before that, um, done a bit of digging because I do work in the Gippsland area. Uh, he he was uh, in Turret and Dalmore's premiership year last year, which was uh, which is great stuff. He's a good player too. Um, I really liked what he's brought to the table at your uh, VFL mob this year. Yeah, look, I don't mind him. He's good. Good get a thirteen as well. I think that he'll he'll be someone that could have an impact, particularly with how 
Defensive stocks uh, not being particularly good at the moment. And I say that as an understatement, the way it's looking. Um, but yes, I, I don't know what we're doing at pick four there. Um, don't know anything about the bloke. He sounds uh, like a f- form, former Formula One driver uh, gone wrong. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if they don't call him David at the club, uh, Miller, then uh, the, the whole the whole club's uh, cooked, mate. You might as well just move it. You might as well just move it. Move it to bloody Tasmania. Um, no, look, there's a, there's there's a bit of hype around him. I think he's got some he's got some tools about him. Um, a great a great sort of little play. He kicked four goals uh, against Central Districts uh, not too not too long ago as well. So. I think he's a. I think if he can get himself right, fit and firing, I think it, there's a spot in the small forward line for him. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I think I think it's a spot still up for grabs, considering the fact that Stanley's not there anymore. Uh, Judson Clark gets tossed in and out. Um, uh, Morris Rioli's still not in the team. I think it's a spot up for grabs as far as I'm concerned, and looks like this guy can could be one that can take him there. Well, they might do. They might do. I, there's a reason why they picked him. I'm sure, but. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> we move on now, Miller. Yep. Uh, who's the man? Oh, is it's back. One of our one of our favourite segments. There's going to be no rapid round this week because there's no cat here. No. Um, you know we're going to have rapid round when he's back. But we'll start with you, Miller. Who have you got as your man this week? Now, look, Doc. I don't usually go for losers, but this one's more of a personal attack this week. Uh, I'm going uh, at Cancorns. No. I'm going to kill get, him. Get him. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> will get him. Tim Serrano, talk is my man of the week. He was absolutely elite. I got to see him in the flesh on the weekend, which was outstanding. But four goals, one. Should have had five. He had one touch on the line and the stupid green git took it off him. 33 touches to go along with six marks, seven tackles, seven clearances as well. 422 metres gained as well for Torano is absolutely outstanding, in my opinion. I think he was really, really good. Also, four inside 50s, eight score involvements. And look at that. 66% disposal efficiency in the wet. What's going on there, Kane? Hey? <laughs> but he was um, absolutely outstanding, Doc. And I love Tim. I love his effort. I love his work rate. And he, his talent is shining through. And many more games and years like this to come, I think, for Tim. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably one of the best games I've seen Tim Taranto play in probably a while, to be honest. I think there's nothing bad with how he's played this year. As we've said you know, a few times, I think, all things considered, he's had a really good year. It's just yeah. has been his kicking that's been the letdown for for the largest part. It's not even at Richmond. Even before he left uh, GWS, his kicking was very, very poor. But all thing, everything else he does has been fantastic. Great contested player, good tackler, yep. good clearance winner. And and even now, four goals. His t- his set shot kicking was sublime on the weekend. So that's a that's a terrific shout. And Kane Corns, by any chance you're listening to this. Get a big fucking dog up. Um, <laughs> my my turn. Um, <laughs> my turn. My turn. Um, we love a revenge game, don't we, Miller? Yeah, we do. We absolutely love a revenge game. And this bloke tore it to shreds. He's been in very, very good form since the West Australian uh, put him on the back page and said he's worth about $5 million per kick. Um, Luke Jackson, Miller, he's yep. been f- – he, he had a superb game against the, uh, the Ds. The, uh, the base stats, one goal, one. 19 disposals, 15 hitouts, but also eight clearances and six <sighs> tackles for mine. And this is exactly what he is capable of as a player. Yep. You know, he's not he's not going to be the the big hulking, big fridge unit that Sean Darcy is, but he's just going to be the guy that sort of wins, goes in and wins his contested ball and 
his second up, his second up, third up efforts were fantastic. He had seven score involvements as well, eleven contested possessions, and also I'm just going to bring out the ruck contest as well because the big fridge did go off early with yep. that. With I think it was a I think it was a calf injury. It was yeah. Um, you know, seventy ruck contests, only fifteen. Uh, you know, Gorn and Grundy beat him in the hitouts, but I thought the work he did around the ground, the mo- the way that he forced. Gorn and Grundy sort of go off and try and get out, get after him was just fantastic. Um, also, fourteen kicks at at um, what is it? Fifty one percent. Jeez, okay, I thought that would have been a little bit more. <laughs> um, oh, Luke, hell no. He had fourteen kicks, but eight hit the target. So that, yeah. that for, for for a big though, that's really really good. Um, and and as well, the twenty three pressure acts as well. You don't see Ruckman do that. No, important block, isn't it, for him and Fremantle Doc with, with Darcy? It'll be really interesting to see how Luke Jackson sort of coach with that. If they're going to bring in another tool to, to combat it, I was going to say bring in Big Meeky, but he's uh, in Victoria <laughs> Big <Mickey>. now. <laughs> Big Meeky uh, does not exist now. <laughs> he's been uh, he's cut off the uh, mobile phone. He's blocked the number of uh, Justin Longmuir. But look, I, I think. Um, I've question for you though, Doc. Do we will we see Luke Jackson evolve into a midfielder? Do you think when it's all said and done? Um, look, I think there's potential. I I think his ruck craft is still very, very so so. Yeah, he, well, he, he was. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. He played his juniors as a, as a ruck. I think he was more of a midfielder, and you see that with how he attacks the contests every week. Yeah, is that he's. You know, is that he just goes in and and goes after the football, and he's just a, he's he just don't want to get in his way, Miller. He's just a big imposing unit as it already is. He'll kill you. Yeah, no, he he will dead set kill you. Um, no, he's. I think he's been. Look, I think it was always going to be a bit of a slow burn. I think you were. I think you were. You were. Um, you were jumping on him a bit, Miller, for um, yeah, not, li- yep. not, li- not living up to the potential. But I think. He always needed a bit of time to to grow into the, the the Frio system, and now that he's done that, I think it's only going to go strength to strength from here. Yeah, I think so. And look, I, I think if he gets in the right position and and does his best, which he which I think he will, the sky's the limit for him and and for Westcast. So hopefully they can get the best footy out of him. But good shot, shout there, Doc. For who's the man? I like that. Yeah, absolutely. We absolutely do love a revenge tour. We do. But we also we also do love uh, talking super coach. Um, I don't want to really. I don't love talking about it this week because I lost again, <laughs> um, and I'm sitting firmly entrenched now in the bottom oh, four. No. Um, you got up for a win though, Miller, which is which was good. Yeah, which is nice. Oh, I'm finding a little bit of form. Nothing crazy, you know, per se. I think that my team uh, still got a fair bit of work to be put into it, which I'm going to try and do over the buy rounds. But the A three E clash this week. I've got I've got uh, cat this week, Doc. I've got the uh, the battle. Oh, I see. I see what's happened now. Cat's too scared to confront you this yeah. week, so he's just had to use the work excuse to get off the podcast. He's pissed his dax and uh, don't run it. But this is a huge game in terms of the ladder. I mean, he's eighth and I'm tenth. So whoever gets this one, it's going to be massive for for a top sort of six to eight push. But there were some good results over the weekend. Doc, some some shock ones. Uh, somebody's asked for a shout out uh, on your yeah. neck of the woods. Yeah, absolutely. So the bloke that I work, a bloke that I work with uh, up in uh, Radio Gippsland, Andrew Deek, uh, he is in this competition. He, he he's the uh, the coach of Tiger Tyne. They've actually he's actually been traveling quite well uh, last couple of weeks. I've been I've been slowly keeping tabs, but he was he he, he, he was he was uh, at my office on on Monday morning. He's like, I beat the top comp, I beat the top team in the competition. I wanted like. Like, and then and then tonight, as I was just about to leave work, he's gone like, 
um, when are you doing your podcast? I was like, oh, I've gone tonight. He's he's gone. Um, yeah, make sure make sure you uh, make sure you mention that uh, I beat the top team. It's like, all right, you get your shout out, mate. Um, but no, that was a good, that was a good boil over. It was actually a good week for boil overs, to be honest. Um, I just it was um, yeah. Hang on, I'm just trying to get the, the results. There were some and- good wins across the board. Uh, Lucas's team, um, Brinkhead Barons, got the yeah. the big win. Doc, they had the highest score of the round with two thousand three hundred ninety five. That is fantastic scoring. But there was lots of good scores across the league. You actually posted a nice score, but just couldn't get the win in the end over your old coach Bevo. Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, I scored two two fifty. I lost to the Bevolution, who was sitting just in the bottom four with me. Uh, he just happened to have James Sisley, who decided to go ape shit for some stupid reason. Uh, James Sisley's had it out for me this year in the Super Coach Miller. I, I, I'm convinced of it. Uh, one hundred and seventy two. I mean, that's going to hurt anyone who doesn't have him against him. That's for sure. Yeah. I oh, look. Having said that, though, I did have some chums that really underperformed, um, and as a result, they're going to get handled uh, dutifully this week. Um, Patrick Cripps only had 77, so I'm done with him. Um, Will Day can consider himself lucky. He's not binned as well, because he, considering he got me 74. Barge Marshall went under 100 for the first time in a while, which, um, you know, look, I'll, look, I'll take it anyway. I'm not, ha- not happy about it, but I'll take it. Um, and as well... And as well, Jack Zebel with a seventy-one. I didn't didn't wasn't particularly happy with his uh, performance uh, as well this week. But and 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 big Sav as well. I've I've got to let him go this week because he injured his hamstring. Yeah, look, there's uh, some trades to be made. I've also let. I'm debating Doc. I've got a couple of scenarios. I've only got a couple on the buy this week. Um, to, a couple of big primos in Marshall and Dunkley in particular, but only. A few, so I'm thinking about possibly not making any trades though. Like you said, I do have Sav, so I'm looking if I'm to make a potential trade, I'm only going to do the two, still keep my boost for next buy round. I'm going to go all in on next buy round, make the four trades. I'm thinking very naughty. Oh, that is that is that is dangerous. Just a little preview, You'd be shitting your decks if you're playing me next week. But I've brought in McCray and Eddie Forward, Doc, one of our favorites. Oh, um, Eddie Mazda, Eddie Mazda for Will Ashcroft and Sava Radigalia. So move some mates around. McCray's a good one, Doc, a lowish break even, been scoring really well back to back 145s as well. Back to so, back. No, back to back, but he's a good share. But what moves are you looking to make? Um. Yeah. Well, I'm looking to do the three moves this week because yes. I'm. I've got to offload uh, Sav. I've got to offload Cripper, and I'm going to see if I can shove off uh, Toby McLean for someone who can play this uh, this week <laughs> and beyond. So, um, what I've done currently is yes. not 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 so, not finalised yet. But I've brought in I've brought in Jordan Ridley, who's uh, at about, mm-hmm. a, a nice little price at four twenty eight. Uh, scored one thirty last week against the West Coast Waffle team, um, but. I think he, but the only reason he's this low is because of the concussion he had a few weeks ago in support. It took his break even up really, really highly, and it forced him to sort of, and it forced his price to drop down a little bit. Um, this one's probably a bit more risky, but I've gone in Christian Salem from Melbourne, who has played back to back games and yep. has averaged 83, coming off an 88 game last week against Freo. So even if he, if he can get me that, if he can keep me that sort of 70 to 80 and I'll be happy if he gets me well over 90 as well. Um, if he can get me, if he can get me around 80 each week, I'll be happy with that. Be better than anything uh, Sav's done for me this year. Um, and as a bit of a, as a bit of a point of difference, I've brought in the, uh, the young Irish fellow who's been compared to Nick Dacos, oh. um, Sheen Mullen. Oh, the um, Mullen. So, uh, very very low price at one hundred two four hundred. He scored fifty four last week against the Orange team, which 
is look, it's not great, but it's not bad either, considering the fact that Blake Drury got got about consecutive like elevens before he got dropped. Um, I'm just sort of thinking, oh look, I've this these deals mm. give me salary of one forty eight six hundred. I'm thinking, good. I'm thinking bigger picture for the the buy rounds. I've got to move on Oscar Baker. Uh, if Will Day continues to flop, he's going to get shelved as well. Um, and as well, uh, Brother Seamus and, and Josh Weedle as well uh, need to go as well. But I'm also anyone that's anyone that's held on to Clayton Oliver after the injury, uh, consider yourselves a big, big winner because apparently he's going to be playing uh, the following week against Carl, uh, not Carlton, um, the following Pies. Yeah, Pies. They're going to he's going to play. Um, he's going to play after the Carlton game. So King's, that's good. King's birthday. <laughs> King's birthday. It's also going to be King Clary's birthday because he's going to get me a nice little, nice little 120 bomb. Well, you did well, Doc. I said I suggested to you strongly you keep him like me and, and we're going to pull through. But very interesting round of Super Cash to come. But some good news, Doc. We've, we we love this actually about doing the show at this time. The teams have just come in for the tips. So this is Ooh, going yes. to be very exciting. So we'll start with I'll rack off the games. We've got Friday night, Melbourne taking on Carlton. Do, do, do we want to talk about our tips last week? <laughs> well, no one wants to talk about their tips last week. I didn't score very well. I think I got four, uh, which is generous. Let me just double check that. But there's a week of upsets. We kicked off the episode with it. There were just shock results all around, Doc. And anybody who had anything tipped comfortably, you'd be uh, not pleased you- at all. If if you if you tipped over five or six this weekend, you're either an, you're either an alien or you're not you're not a f- real football fan. No, um, I only tipped three. Sorry, I tried, yeah. tried to lie and steal one. Yeah, no, all, all, all of us got three this week. So the the standing standard, uh, Miller and I still at the top here at sixty two, and Cats are four behind on fifty eight. At least it's actually competitive. You know, this, this is point, good. Yes, uh, uh, you know. At this point in previous years, you would have been up by about twenty odd, and no, we'd have no no chance catching. You. This is good, dog. This is what we do love about the tipping. But yeah, t- tomorrow night's game: Demons and Carlton. Some some good ins for the D's. They got Tomlinson, Joel Smith, and Lockie Hunter in. Um, Hibbard and McDonald both had injured. James Jordan, the sub, and Harms dropped. Carlton made a boatload of changes. Doc Chincotta in, Silvani in, Lewis Young, O'Brien, and Fisher all in. Ed Kernel dropped, thank God. Durden, Hewitt, Pitnett, the Academia, Nick Newman, and Ollie Hollands all out injured. I'm, um, I'm going to go Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Melbourne. Absolutely Melbourne. Um, oh, look, about time Ed Kernel got dropped, but I'm concerned about James Jordan. I know we did the uh, the free agents episode uh for our subscribers a couple of weeks back. Um, I don't think he's going to be at Melbourne uh, next year. There it is. That's not a bad uh, share at all. Um, yeah, Dee's D, nuts will just absolutely just rub their nuts in Vossi's face, hopefully get him sacked. This is uh, – this. yeah, I'm going Dee's. I think Nick Newman's a massive blow, Doc, for them. And also not a good week for Pitnet to be at. I think to Koning, if he is going to make more than $200 a year next season, he's going to actually <laughs> – <laughs> uh, show me something in this game. But um, an interesting contest, but I think Melbourne will get the upper hand. Port taking on the Hawks. Um, Sate Arvo, footy. Todd Marshall in. Francis Evans drop, thank God. And Jackson Mead also omitted. Scrimshaw in. Um, Cam McKenzie managed and Sicily suspended. I'm thinking Port here, Doc. I know the Hawks are in a good bit of decent form, but I think Ken's men will be too strong. Yeah, no. The, the the inclusion of Todd Marshall is is huge. Hopefully, he doesn't concuss himself again. Uh, that'll be three in about six weeks. Uh, he 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 concusses himself. 
Stiff on Jackson Mead. I thought he actually did did some yeah. nice things against Richmond on, on Sunday. Um, I thought he was good. Yeah, I thought he was very good too. Um, no, look, I'm going to report. I think. Oh, look, as as good. I think the Hawks will run them run them well first half, but I think they'll fade away in the second half. Cal Amon revenge game as well, Doc. Something to note as well. But yes, I'll also be going Port. Uh, the Snooze Fest Saturday afternoon. I feel insulted, sort of reading out the ins <laughs> like they're going to do anything. Um, I'll, I'll do West Coast. Callum Jamison. <laughs> Callum Jamison's in. Greg Clark is the sub. Luke Edwards at injured. Collingwood bringing back Billy Frant, which is a massive in. Harvey Harrison, the double H, Doc, making his debut. Elliot injured slash manage. Also steel side bottom with this MCL six to eight weeks. And Oleg Markov dropped, which is an interesting one. But Yeah, that's an interesting one. I thought Markov had been in, in some decent form. I Dom- don't think that. Craig McCaffey, not a fan of the mustache. It's getting into the coffees. It's getting into the coffees. Too many uh, stray hairs in there. Um, Dom Sheed's 150th game. Congratulations. Enjoy being in a nothing side for the rest of your career. Uh, Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Collingwood. Um, for anyone for anyone uh, in Supercoach wanting to know who to put the captaincy on this weekend, put the vice-captaincy loophole on, on Hollywood Dacos. I yeah, think he's going to... He's going to sound off on, on the Eagles this That's week. That's a nice shout out from you, Doc. I'll be at this game Saturday night. Will you be here for, for dogs? Actually, I will be too, actually. Okay. Um, Mark's a link my, up for a beer or two. My cousin's actually uh, snaffled me a ticket to come to come sit with him. So, um, no, I'll, I'll be there. The dog's taking on Geelong. Massive clash for your team and Geelong. Doc, Trelaw, a massive in. He's a huge in in the alien for the Western Bulldogs. McNeil dropped and also Mitch Hannon dropped. Gary Rowan, the only inclusive oh, for Geelong. Savaradically injured, as we mentioned during the Supercoach review, and Brandon Parr fit, dropped, slash hungry. Um, <laughs> st- <laughs> some really, really interesting matchups. This is a tough game to tip, Doc. I, I want to go with the dogs at Marvel, but I'm leaning towards Geelong. I just feel like they're trying to get over a rough patch and they might do just so. The... I was very, very interested to hear to see about whether or not what the inclusions would be for Geelong. There's a lot of talk about danger coming back in as well. He's not, he didn't pull through, which no. is a, a, a bit of a shock. Sam Simpson didn't get, didn't come through either. He was managed last week, but uh, you're putting up 20 points in a super coach game. Uh, piss off, um, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, you got to back him up. I look against Geelong most most weeks. I'm very hesitant against tipping my team, but I think. We would be kicking ourselves. There's, we did a lot right last week against Gold Coast. Yeah, I think there are two key issues. One, we actually need to man up on our fucking forwards, <laughs> and two, our forward line has to stop getting to the way of every of, of each other in the oh forward fifty. God. They like to Aaron, run into each other, don't they? Oh, Aaron Norton reckons he's bloody second coming to Wayne Carey. Bloody <laughs> hell, bloody hell, Norton! Kick ten goals before you start comparing yourself to the king. <laughs> Relax, buddy. Uh, um. um but- the dogs, the dogs need to get up, I, I, and, and I think if they're serious, they'll they'll do them in quite comfortably. Yeah, good call. Massive game for both sides that one. Uh, the Huge. Next, next game we've got also on that Saturday night another nice contest here. Doc, the Suns taking on the Crows at um, TIO Stadium in Gold Coast. The only changes: Nick Andrew and. Uh, Injured. Oh, sorry. Club suspension for McAndrew, which is interesting. Um, yeah. The ins. Uh, He's the only out there and listed in, in, so I presume whoever was the sub for the Gold Suns will be on the field. Brody Smith and Mitch Hinge in for the Crows, two good ins. Josh Worrell dropped over 100 in Supercoach in a freshly signed contract, so that's a bit strange. <laughs> Ned McHenry also dropped, and Paddy Parnell, the sub again. This is a bit of a 
50-50 game, Doc. I'm leaning towards the Crows. Like you, I'm on their bandwagon. I think they'll be good, but the Suns will challenge them for sure. I was very impressed with the Suns last week, Miller. I thought their attack on the ball. Matty Rao was playing like a man possessed. Oh, 23 yeah. contested possessions, Doc. Yeah, and he had like about 25,000 bloody clearances too. Um, no one had an answer for him. And no one had an answer for Charlie Ballard. No one had an answer for uh, Jack Lacocious, who seemed to kick six goals in. in Benny Ainsworth from, as well. From the goal square. Yeah, Ben Ainsworth played a really good game as well, I thought. Um, what happened to Mac Andrew? Club's, club's saying club suspension, but who? But what, what, what's he done? What, What's he done? He played all right last week as well. Oh, no, here we go. It says here, uh, Mac missed a recovery session on Sunday morning after the game. And while this in isolation is not a major issue, we believe Mac needs to understand the demands of playing AFL football. You know what? Said, said Suns GM of football, Wayne Kemp. I like that. That's good, Doc. Setting standards for that whole group. And, and that's what it means. No one's spot safe if you get a slack off for a week because this is a competitive list. Yeah, absolutely. He did play well on 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 Saturday night. Mac Andrew thought it was the best game I've seen him play in the short in the short time. Who do you think, um, Doc? I'm I'm leaning towards the Suns at the moment. Oh, he's a tip. Uh this this is the thing. They've won three last three games now at yep. TIO. Yep. Um, I think they play the. I think they play that conditions there much better than anyone else because they they endure similar conditions up on the Gold Coast. It's usually humid. It's usually uh, Usually very greasy, yep. and uh, I thought they were very much cleaner with the ball in hand than us last week. And they I think were. the crow, the crows will be in for a bit of a rude shock uh, come Saturday, come Saturday night. We moved to the last two Sunday games, uh, one ten dreadful time for two dreadful teams. The Giants taking on Richmond at Giants <laughs> Stadium. Um, yeah, sleep in, <laughs> sleep, sleep in for this one, Miller. You're not going to miss much. <laughs> I will, will, I will be watching. Unfortunately, the extended benches have been named: Harry Himmelberg, Harry Rawston, and also Matt Flynn all in. Noah Cumberland, Sam Banks, and Thompson Dow for the Tigers. I've got to go. Us look. I, I think that we're hopefully going to get a win against the Orange team, but will be a tough clash. I think the Giants' fantastic win last week against Geelong um, will definitely be looking to make it back to back. I think, Doc. Yeah. Um... They were very, very, very good, very spirited effort. Giants were very good though too, Miller. Oh, um, away, away very from, good. They, they seem they seem to have they seem to hold the kryptonite at GMHBA Stadium. No one seen, no one knows no one knows how to win there except them. They've won their last three at Kidinia Park. That's actually crazy when you think about it, it isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely cooked. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to the Giants in this one, Miller. Ooh, I think. Okay. I think well, look, we've talked them up for a bit, and I'm I'm sold on them. I think they I think they're a very com- combative outfit, and the only thing that they lack is just real polish. You know, mm. Jesse Hogan was playing it like he was on meth last week, which <laughs> which which is good for him. I mean, he's very high, he's been highly rated for so long, and a lot of people talk about whether or not he, they've sort of he sort of pissed his uh his talent down the drain. But I thought last week was a great a great example of his talent and. I want to see Snooze Bedford kick a goal. <laughs> I I do as well, just for the memes. Uh, we Go do snooze. love Gas News. We love him, but that'll be a very interesting game. Uh, and then the last one to rack off the round: Essendon taking on oh, North God. Cats Mob in a very very strong contest. Look, Speaking think, of Snooze, <laughs> I think North have been competitive. You know, they they were good against Collingwood for for most of the game. Didn't get the result in the end, but I mean, I mean, I mean, they were good after half time. They were good after half time, but look, I think. Um, 35 points to the best team in the comp isn't too bad, but I will be going Essendon here, yes. 
Anthony Anthony McDonald tip and Woody dropped oh, yes. uh, on, on on Sunday. Uh, Robbo said he was too fat on this column on, on Monday. <laughs> the uh, inclusions uh, for the Dons: Aaron Davy Jr. in, Andrew Phillips in, Dylan Sheil and Rhett Montgomery. Not Brett, Rhett, because he's uh, he's got an R in front of his name for some reason. The poor, poor man's Brett Montgomery for mine, Miller. <laughs> yeah, it's I've, got... I've, I've I've seen them play. It's got to be Bert. Uh, <laughs> North have also brought in Aiden Core, Curtis Taylor's a strong in uh, Darcy Tucker, Liam Shields, and Taryn Thomas making his return, you'd just say, to AFL level. Uh, surprise he hasn't been taken to court yet. Charlie Lazaro omitted along with Paul Curtis. Doc, very stiff, our friend. Yeah, yeah very stiff. Uh, he's having a rough run of it this year, Curtis, so hopefully he can yeah. get, get his stuff back together. But Don's for mine. Yeah, I think Essendon will win pretty comfortably. Um, not sure why Curtis Taylor's in this team. I think Eddie Mass has just absolutely completely owned his position on the wing the last two weeks. We did love um, him. Good, yeah, we love him. We love him very much. And good to see some of the boys get around him as well. Josh Simpkin was uh, <laughs> was was having a chat on that ugly bloke, uh, Tom Sheridan's podcast. Uh, Talking about seemed- uh, how... Eddie Forward loves the he loves his sideburns. He's got a bit of energy around the club. Uh, a bit, bit of an Elvis operator, Eddie an Elvis, Elvis operator, but um, we do love Eddie. Elvis. But Eddie Elvis. Cats also put his tips in, guys. He's uh, he said uh, D's nuts. I presume he means Melbourne for Friday night's contest. He's gone Port over Hawks, Collingwood over West Coast, the Dogs over Geelong. He's also gone the Suns over the Crows. Giants to beat Richmond and his team Essendon to conquer North Melbourne. Well, if he didn't tip Essendon over his mob, then he's <laughs> we know Cat's a bit of a pessimist Essendon supporter, but if he didn't pick his team over over North. Um, he, he was never going to pick him at, at all. So, <laughs> no, nah, good tips from you, Cat. Uh, you're probably still going to be four or five down by the end of next week, so that's it. Um, well, I guess all on that, Miller. That's uh, that's us for this week. That's um, us. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. We've we're hitting record record numbers of, of download plays, uh, and we just cannot be any thankful for that. Uh, if you want to chuck us a couple of dollars, listen to our subscriber content. You feel free to do so. It's up on the Spotify. Um, it'll it'll direct you straight. It'll direct you straight on um, to keep up to date with what we're doing on our socials. Uh, A three Footy Podcast on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. Our handle is at A three Footy Podcast. Uh, Twitter at a three footy. Well, we'll sort of we'll sort of be drifting in and out of there uh, as we see fit. Um, and if you want to send us an email, want to tell us how 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 much you love the podcast, any, any requests, yep. want to tell us how, how much of a dickhead we are, a three footy at gmail dot com. Tell we'd love to hear from you. We'd but love to know where you are. We would, we would. We are loving the love as we say each and every week because we're, we're not here without. Your guys' support, um, whether it's you know just tuning in to to listen to an episode or sending an email, sending a, a message, just saying great stuff, or you enjoyed a certain part of the show, and um, or even if you are subscribed to the um, you know subscriber content, we appreciate any sort of funds that we can get in because we love what we do and um, we love talking footy. But a massive weekend coming up, Doc. Very keen to see what's Ab- to come. Absolutely, we've only got seven games this week, but it's still going to be uh, footy footy content. Footy never sleeps here at A three. No, it doesn't. I've been Alex Doherty. I've been Alex Miller. And Alex Catalano's somewhere working away, trying to earn an honest living. He'll be back next week. And until then, up the doggies. Up Adam Trelaw. And up Eddie Mazda. Yeah. Go Richmond, please. Go Mini McCalter. <laughs>